ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 123 of the MTV podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared. I am Jeff. And I'm Liam. And we're joined today by King Lentil. Yep. Liam's pet rock. Jared tried to throw him out and I caught him. No, didn't try to throw him out. There's some strange beef going on about the popularity of Jared's cat versus Liam's pet rock. I didn't say anything. That's the kind of stuff we spend our time on here. There's a 30-minute conversation, and I won. That's my rock on the table. In this episode, we will discuss some hilarious race season recaps from the two amateur race teams that we sponsor, the recent bikes, rides, and component upgrades we've been enjoying, and listener questions ranging from why bikes still come with 175 millimeter cranks, tuning your rear shock to perfection, and how to use your spare hardtail as a commuter bike if you blow up the engine in your truck again and your name is Ricky with two R's. Wow. This sounds like it's going to be an episode packed with useful information. It definitely will be. That that last one sounds like it could be a episode of trailer park boys yeah well i'm not sure if this was a real question or if this guy's trolling us but either way we're gonna answer his question (laughs) ricky and also today's uh episode is one two three yep one two three go two three and the date well never mind oh whatever you're trying to make 10 24 23 i was gonna try and do that but no it didn't work (laughs) It's just a date. Well, there's uh, 23 <laughs> at the end of the day. We so record these roughly five days before they go out or a week before they go out anyway, so wouldn't even work. That's <laughs> true. Wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked. Before we jump into our topics. Oh, that's whoa. right. Sorry, that was really strong. <laughs> We're going to do our intro segs. Intro segs. That's a segs short for segments. Yep. Um, Zach's you. words of wisdom. You booze, you lose. Those are Zach's words of wisdom. That's what he had for us today. Daniel's fun fact. Read Daniel's because I have a follow-up fact. fact, his fun fact. <laughs> this year marks the 20th anniversary of Starbucks pumpkin spice latte, and they have sold over 600 million of them since it was created. That is an interesting fact. I have a follow-up fact that I researched to go a little bit more in depth on this topic. Amazing. And according to the National Academy of Coffee Drinkers, also known as the NACD, they estimate that women aged 13 to 24 will ingest up to 30 million pounds of whipped cream atop pumpkin spice lattes this fall season. Wow. That's a lot of whipped cream, but I bet you if they extended that age range past 24... yeah. That'd be, that number would be hundreds ridiculous. It's got to be it's, hundreds of millions of whipped cream. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of pounds. Are you are you a uh, PSL guy? Never had one. Never had one. Have you? How about you, Jeff? I have usually one or two a season. Mm. I actually had one this morning. What? I got, I got it from Ragamuffin. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, but not from not <laughs> like, from the Bucks. Nah, I'm gonna get the Starbucks one though too. Okay. I gotta Average try it out. PSL enjoyer I, in our presence. I right never now. had one either. I mean, they're good. Wow, <laughs> they're good. It's <laughs> <once a> year. <laughs> just get one or two, man. They're good. I had, it's they, they don't call it a PSL at Ragamuffin because you know they're too hipster for that. Oh, they call yeah. it a pumpkin dream latte. Oh, yeah, it was Is all it right. dreamy. It wasn't that pumpkin-y, mm, you know? It I was just good, but I'm gonna try never, the Starbucks one. Would never peg you for such consumerism and, I, and seasonality. Oh, I don't know. I just I honestly my... like the flavor. <laughs> I think it's good. It's a good flavor. Well, so does it rank higher than Starbucks? Do you like it better? You don't support. I haven't the had the Starbucks Empire. one yet. I do. Starbucks. I'm, I, I, love I support Starbucks, Starbucks cold man. Man. Yeah. Star I don't know why Starbucks cold brew is just I prefer to yeah. support small businesses, but Starbucks yeah. it's just like you I, always know what you're getting. It's true. Yeah. You always I, know how fast it's gonna take. It's it's good. It's good true. Yeah. I don't know what they do to their, their cold brew, but man, it's like when I crave cold brew, I want Starbucks cold yeah, brew. Yeah, they're putting something addictive in there. For, for sure. sure. Yeah, like multiple pounds of whipped cream or something per drink. 
Well, I, just get, <laughs> I just get black coffee, but according to the NACD. <laughs> according to the NACD. Okay, so wow. race teams. Yeah. Uh, everyone who listens to this podcast frequently knows that we sponsor a couple amateur race teams. Uh, one of them being the Fire F1 RE, female's first racing in, racing enduro. I did not know that that's what that stood for. You didn't? No. Where have you been? After all this time, <laughs> you didn't know that's what Fire stood for? You just thought they picked the name because it sounded cool? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they swept the series, the Mass Series. Uh, it's an enduro series and out in the East. Wow. East US. And the B team got second. Um, the B team, though... This is this is the important part. Uh, let me open up my phone. So, well, congrats, Fire Team, for being the B team. That's right. Yeah, good job, Fire. Um, Shelly did say rule? she didn't really want to like rub it in because the B I team had some oh. some hiccups during the season, which like we're about injuries. to get into. Well, like the they they can stay cordial, but go Fire. My money was yeah. on Fire from the start. So wow, yeah, big wow. I won a lot of money on, this, on this one. Really? So I got an update from Matt. I'm not Saying they 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 finished the series and it was awesome and they got second. Thank you for support, yada yada. Thank you, Matt, for running the Epic B team. So of course I asked, well, how many broken bones? Let me get the injury report because I was just curious because there's been some some injuries over this season. So this is what he texts back. He says, "Bro, uh, oh." <laughs> To preface, there's a lot of typos in this. So Bro. if you're on the B team listening to this and you're like, I didn't break my ankle. Steve was the one who did that. And then let's blame Matt. He says, bro, Aaron, night before race one, massive concussion, but he came back and then tore ligament in his finger later in the season. Josh Ferguson, race two, broken ankle. Johnny, slipped disc. Daniel, broke wrist. Luis, separated shoulder. Elliot Turd, broke four bones, two in each arm, and all the team chipped in to get him a bidet. Wow. Because he couldn't wipe. <laughs> he literally broke both arms. What a poor guy. I know. That's a bummer. Elliot, we love you. You're my favorite B-team racer. <laughs> Even though Bectoro Gordon is the fastest by a country mile. He actually swept U19. Wow. He's making his pro debut next year. He's actually like legitimately fast and a good racer. Wow. So also known as probably not going to be on the B-team soon enough. I was going to say... <laughs> He's gonna. He's gonna to some Sorry, Matt. team. Sorry, Matt, but the, he Ouch. might be on. He might be on some A team soon enough. He's that good. Uh, this list goes on. Tim fractured wrist. Josh rode with COVID today. Took third, and the only time he didn't take first of the year in his class. Uh, something about the Poconos Mountain Bike Club banning some racer from racing for some drama reason. I guess I can't get into the details because they're confidential. Um, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on there. We're just going to have to have Matt come on and see if he can politician his way out of that. I'd love to hear that that thing. Uh, our youngest, Justin, who's 14, won his first race today in 16U. Uh, and this, this is, this is what tops it all off. Luis, the 50 plus rider crashed today and then LOL rode the wrong way. That's what this says. (laughs) Lost first place in the series because of that. Oh. He won every stage but one today, and that cost him the race and the series. LOL, he rode the wrong way. Oh, no. So I, of course, you know, had to talk to Matt on the phone for a little more It's like Talladega Nights when he spun out and he went the wrong way. Yeah. He didn't know how to go. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. So apparently he was on some flat section and clipped his pedal and scorpioned and then in a, in a just panic haste picked up his bike and started riding the wrong way. Poor guy. And then eventually saw another racer coming that way and realized he was going the wrong way. It turned around. (laughs) Didn't recognize any part of the track or anything. Poor guy. I'm a little confused on how that happens. But, you know, sometimes you get concussed on these mountain bike races. Brings up the question, how many people are on the B team? Uh, Well, 
I don't know, 20 or something? Oh, so wow. It's a pretty Sounds big like team. Yeah. of them got injured. Yeah. <laughs> Substantial. And then Matt says, I rode well. Results sucked. Just can't pedal, man. Climb awesome. <laughs> race pedal terrible. <laughs> I'm going to say, for how much he crashes, it's amazing that he didn't get seriously injured. Yeah, I know. The guy's made of rubber. Yeah. Oh. As for people that know, he was with us in, on the Italy trip, and we Gosh. watched him crash several times, and he's made of rubber. Amazing. Uh, also, November 11th, the B-team guys, oh, the remaining injury-free ones, I guess, are going to be at the Canuga Bike Park um, having a ride day. If anyone wants to fly out and you happen to be there, tell them that you know what's up with the B-team because you listen to the MTB podcast. Sick. So that's our race. Wow. Race team recaps. Laundry list of wow. injuries. <laughs> that's what good, happens good, when you ride fast and loose. Good thing uh, we don't cover insurance for those guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jeez. And people wonder why health insurance is so expensive in this country. Well, you know, you got to commend their efforts in the send. The Res- send. Respect the send, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys are sending it if they're getting injured like that, for sure. That's why I don't race enduro. Yeah, makes sense. I'm scared. Yeah, mountain bike racing is fun, but it can be very dangerous and yeah. full of broken bones. Yeah. But it's all up to you. If you push yourself that hard, then that's that can happen. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, speaking of pushing yourself and sending it. What have you been riding lately, Jared? You know, man. Bikes? Riding bikes? Have you ever... Riding the hardtail? Done a mountain bike race? Yeah, I've done a mountain bike race. Yeah, I did a couple of sea otters, um, you know, some years back. Um, That might have been the only one I've ever done. Yeah. Can't really remember now. Yeah. Um, What I've been riding lately? Yeah. Been putting the miles in, man, on the hardtail and the on the gravel bike, you know, trying to get ready for Nosco next big, week. Big gravel mm. guy. Big gravel guy. Big ride next week. Liam's doing it. A couple of guys are doing it. It's I exciting. I haven't missed a year since I started riding bikes. Nice. This will be my second time doing it. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a charity ride. It's about, what, 80 miles and 8,000 feet of climbing or something like that. And pretty much riding the big, big canyons and the Santa Monica Mountains. And uh, it is... A savage ride. It's yeah. legit though. It's hard. It's hard. Super savage. fun. Beautiful. A lot of good scenery. For a good Weaver cause. doing it. Weaver's yeah. doing it. Yep. For a good cause. And uh, yeah, yeah. It should be a good time. So basically, I've just been trying to get miles in and prepare for that, and also just have fun riding the hardtail and yeah. rip sycamore to lower leg service a couple weeks ago. So it's just mm. buttery. Did it yourself? I sure did. Have you ridden it since? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it works. It's not leaking. <laughs> the lowers didn't fall. Yeah, I know oh. where you're going with that, Jeff, and no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than before. It's pretty yeah, good. no, it's it's awesome. I get a lot of satisfaction out of just mundane basic service, you know? Lower leg service is kind of a cool one, I think. Yeah. It feels cool when you have all those things taken apart and there's oil everywhere. And yeah. It's actually extremely yeah. simple. It, it is. feels intimidating. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And looks. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, I mean. It's, it's an important service to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I couldn't believe, you know, just how big of a difference it made, like putting the fork back together and yeah. all fresh seals and dust wipers. I was like, wow, this just feels How like many hours did you have on that now. fork? Um, I, it's been about a year since I've put yeah. it on. So I don't really know, but I've been riding that bike a lot. So it's usually like what? 50 to 150, like depending on the fork and, and also on just where you ride. Zone as well. Yeah. Riding yeah. in. Nice dust on occasion, as opposed to riding in mud every day. Yeah, Huge we did difference have, in how often we did have a lot of mud earlier in the year, um, so that kind of you know probably soiled mm-hmm. my seals a bit. 
soiled my seals. They were pretty gross. I mean, Trevor and I were looking at them. They're totally black and disgusting. So, so you were a little late on the service. A little late on the service. Better to be late on the fork lower service than on the dropper post service. Yeah, because the dropper post is where it just really just stops working well on you. Totally. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's all I got. What about you, Jeff? I have not been riding bikes very much lately (laughs) at all. Um, I just got back a couple days ago. I was in Mongolia for two weeks, which is a strange place to be. But uh, <laughs> he caught up on his uh, barbecue. Yeah, caught up on my barbecue. Caught up on the barbecue. Uh, a friend of mine runs these adventure travel trips for entrepreneurs. They're awesome. Actually, on this trip, uh, Adam Miller was there, the founder of Revel Bikes. That's right. Actually, it must have been two years ago or two or three years ago, he was asking me, just like, hey, man, what are some really, you know, meaningful entrepreneur-related business owner events that you've gone to and you enjoy going to? And I was like, oh, a friend of mine runs this company called Wayfinders. He puts on these incredible trips. I told him about him, and then Adam ended up going on one. Um, last year, we went to Uganda, and it was incredible. Last year or two years ago? That was last year. This is last year. Yeah. yeah. And then this year, we did Mongolia. Um, went out to a little bit in the eastern side of Mongolia and the capital, and then most of the whole trip was on the western side in the pretty much barren wasteland that it is. Uh, it's it's beautiful, but there's very few of anything. There's just wild herds of sheep and yaks and some horses, and it's an incredible place. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a it was a rugged trip. A lot of camping, a lot of freezing cold. Um, we did a migration with a local family there that does their fall migration. So it was cool. There's a lot, a lot of cultural stuff mixed in there, but I just put in a lot of steps. Yeah. I rode a horse for two miles, hated every second of it. Bareback? Uh, no, there was a saddle on All it. All right. Well, I'm no. just make sure because you were saying you hated it. So I just don't like horses. No. I just can't control I, the thing. I love horses. I don't want to ride them though. I don't think yeah. they should be ridden ever. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless... You are in that situation, and they're actually doing a purpose for you. I take that back, but yeah, yeah, maybe some like it. I don't know. If only we well, they talk to they ask. use horses for. I mean, yeah, if you, the, yeah there's they're, a lot. They're of using them for, for an actual right. cause, not not just know, like herd animals to go ride around. Not yeah, like not to ride around here. like people out here. But yeah. we've had automobiles for over a hundred years. <laughs> You should be on like one of those debates. Um, <laughs> like there should be a there should be some type of YouTube channel like the Onion puts on where they put on these debates. I'm still you I'm still going to start my nonprofit. Yeah, I yeah. could totally see Liam like in Washington D.C. lobbying against like stop the horses. <laughs> we should buy you one of those. Uh, what does it save a horse riding cowboy shirts? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's totally Liam. It totally goes with your whole theory on this. Yeah. That's totally Liam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anyways, I haven't really been riding bikes, and then I came back, and uh, my bike still needs to get uh, a refresh. Liam Liam didn't work on it. Oh. I asked you to work on it, and you just- Ranger? Just blitzed me out, man. Uh-oh. Neglected me. He's been busy. He's been doing more important things. You got, you got edged out. I got edged out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I, I wanted to ride this thing. Between um, preparing what a ridiculous for complaint. November I was like, sale and my personal vehicle issues over the last 10 to 12 days- mm. Uh, I've been a bit busy. You blow up your truck motor twice? <laughs> nope. Have to use your hardtail as a commuter? Uh, just nope. about. <laughs> Totaled my van and had to figure out all that mess of stuff. Yep. Um, no fun. But I still made time to ride bikes. Yeah. Because otherwise I will probably lose my mind if I yeah. do not. What oh, have yeah. you been doing in riding? Um, Upgrading. Well, I just rebuilt my whole Rail 29 after a summer full of travel and trips um it just felt a bit worked so 
pretty much every wearable I replaced, uh, which, you know, grips, brake pads, brake rotors, tires, true the wheels, new chain, suspension services Full from refresh. the rear, went down the frame, greased all the pivots, torqued them all up, chain, chain ring, all that stuff. Um, and you did your fork and shock too, right? Yeah, suspension. Yeah. S- service front and rear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so just been. So, wow. I rode that over the weekend, all fresh, put on some new tires. Shoo. DHR2's front and rear EXO Plus front max grip, double down rear max grip. Lots of grip. Good setup. Max grip. Mm-hmm. You pedal that bike much? Yeah, I just pedaled. I did a 4,700-foot ride on it. Yeah. Where'd you go? Ohio. In Ohio? Yeah. On that bike? Yeah. What'd you ride on out there? Secret trail. Oh, oh, secret trail. Secret trail, it's not, it's not too secret, but I don't want to blow it up. Yeah. Um, it's a public trail, but it's just got kind of cleared and brought back to life. So, um, yeah, it's a 22-minute downhill for the KOM. It's a long downhill. Yeah. It's a two. And it's enduro bike worthy, which is why you rode the mm-hmm. real 29. Yeah. Yeah, we were saying if, if we're on short travel bikes, uh, there's a whole middle section that's pretty rough and rocky, and you could get through it on shorter travel with less tire, but you definitely have to choose your line a bit, and it wouldn't be as fun. Where on an enduro bike, you can definitely let off and pump through rock gardens and mm-hmm. kind of get crazy. Um, yeah, it's super fun. It's, it's such a fun trail, like descending like over 3,000 feet in one go, 22-minute downhill, and that's that's like KOM speed, so. Sounds pretty yeah, sweet. It's fun. Just broke it in up there. Felt good. If you were to recommend a winter riding destination in the United States, what would it be? I just came up. This this is my question wow. as a listener. That's, that's Jeff's listener question. Well, yeah. I would I was just thinking have about said it. Like, Santa Barbara would, wanna... would be awesome. That's what I was thinking. Uh, the trails are a little worked right now. Yeah. Um, they don't have too many top to bottom running trails. They only have about three. Um, Otherwise, uh, Phoenix is yeah, quite a good zone. True. Phoenix is um, nice in the winter. People super like nice Utah, in the winter. South, southern Utah. Yeah, St. Get, George can you still ride in the winter. You can. It, it depends on the chilly there. Yeah, there, it depends on the snow. Usually, right? You could you could ride a little bit of Sedona and southern Utah just depending on snow and, and mm-hmm. weather patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the you know around here is not bad either. It's just not like a destination maybe worthy yeah you know but if you had some friends out in this zone or la area you can make ah, some if you live in minnesota really, it'd be pretty nice to fly into LA, yeah for sure spend some time in malibu it's, it's just some it's just not Santa so Mountains. centrally located right yeah. like you can't just get an airbnb and, and cruise out from there like yeah. you could in say sedona you need a, or even santa barbara if you got one near the hills you could you can get in some epic rides yeah if you locate Winter yourself time. correctly yeah you just be driving so mm-hmm. yeah yeah Nice. Real 29 freshened up. Nice. That sounds nice. You've been riding that Forbidden? Yeah. The Druid V2? Yeah. Kind of want one of those. Dialed, man. You're getting one. You said you were going to get one. Yeah, I forgot that I said yeah. that. Well, we actually are working. Uh, so funny you mentioned it, Jeff. We got a video coming soon on that Oh, bike. yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Review. Well, a YouTube video? YouTube video. I literally was thinking today. I was like, what was that bike I said I wanted to buy? <laughs> That's and I one. thought about it for like hours then. I was like, oh, yeah, the Forbidden. That's what I wanted to get. <laughs> wow. I just spaced on it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Do it, man. It'll be yeah, sick. That thing looks really good. It is really good. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, you'll be seeing a little more of it on the YouTube. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, should we uh, jump into our first listener question? I'd love to. Jump right in. All right. To Rob. I'm trying to conceptualize what it will be like to ride a modern trail bike. I'm coming off a 2013 Ibis Mojo HD. New bike will have roughly 30 more millimeters of stack, 60 more millimeters of reach, 70 more millimeter front center, and 60 more millimeter wheelbase. Head angle is one degree slacker. What can I expect as far as differing ride characteristics? To be quite honest, I'd expect more than one degree slacker. Yeah, depending on on what he's going from, too. Mm -hmm. Um, You can expect it to be way, way better. Yeah, for sure. Next question. It's like better. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Um, I know, like almost any tangible One thing I'd say is uh, it'll take a bit of getting used to. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, valid point. You'll be, you know, a little bit more between the wheels uh, instead of kind of feeling on top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you'll run a longer, you know, longer reach, but you'll have a steeper seat tube angle in theory. Um, longer dropper pose. Yeah, it'll be more stable. It'll, f- it'll, won't be as nimble in certain sections. Um, much less flexy than a 2013 <laughs> Ibis Mojo. That too, yeah. Be much stiffer and, and uh, more sure footed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be a nice upgrade. Yeah. Definitely. I just feel like bikes these days are so well-rounded. You know? Yeah, they really are. And they've kind of hit, I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but that sort of geo plateau, product yeah. innovation plateau. Like yeah. they haven't changed a ton since 2018. Mm, I'd say 19 or 20. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they've certainly changed a lot since 2013. So that'll yeah, be a big difference definitely. going from a 2013 bike to a, to a newer modern yeah. one. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be uh, probably a lot more stable. And the good news is if you buy like a bike nowadays, you can kind of bet. I mean, maybe I won't totally bet on this, but I'm pretty confident it's not going to be all that much different 10 years from now. Yeah. At least in terms of geo. I'm sure we'll get some fancy things. Maybe maybe gearboxes will develop or some crazy things like that, but I don't think the geo is going to be all that different. I think we've kind of peaked out there. Yeah. I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. I would agree as well. Next thanks, question. Thanks, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, thought it off for my input yeah. there what is up with the great kettle glove famine of 2023 when will those baddies be back in stock oh, we'll <laughs> add a little spice there uh, the kettle gloves so we made a fair weather glove which I enjoyed I liked it gloves are a very highly personal preference and we decided to go a different route for the next glove model and we're going to make a super lightweight glove mm which has been amazing. We've got the final protos. The touchscreen sensitivity is incredible. It's like embedded into all of the fabric, not just nice. the lines on there. So yeah, it's a super nice ultra lightweight glove. Uh, it'll be called the Vent Glove and it'll actually be coming roughly November slash early December. Wow. Perfect for uh, the Perfect cold for weather. Cold weather. <laughs> and it's a vent glove well you know what? yeah we're literally getting like the lightest weight breathable summertime glove showing up in november but you know we just (laughs) we didn't really care about when it came we cared about making a really really good glove have you worn it i have worn it yeah it's nice i do like it yeah 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 super nice lightweight uh type glove yeah Yeah. i can't can't wait for them actually yeah Yeah. i've been i've been putting off getting more gloves because of this wow yeah they're gonna be nice we have our worldwide hand up gloves which are quite nice but Mm -hmm. A little hot for midsummer riding, mm-hmm. so I have like one pair of really thin gloves that have just been milking yeah. waiting for these ones because I don't want to buy anything. Nice, yeah, yeah. yeah hand up gloves are sweet. They've got go. so many different models and 
styles and yeah. colors, I and think they're always they, in stock. And they do make a lightweight yeah. one. I just only have the the worldwide one that we have. So yeah, yeah, that little collab glove we made with Hand Up is sweet. But yeah, so an ultra lightweight kettle glove is coming sometime November slash early December. Sick. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. Yeah. There you go. Kettle glove famine of 2023 will be over. In 2024. <laughs> in yes. Ah, in late 23. Late 23. <laughs> Alrighty. How about this one? Hey guys, greetings from Austria. I really enjoy your podcast and YouTube videos. Yeah, I think that was supposed to say and learned a lot from him. <laughs> Got cut off. I recently bought a new bike right on swoop and noticed the rear end feels really stiff no matter what. I already tried having more sag, less spacers, but it only got a tiny bit better. So I wonder if running a Vivid or Coil Shock might help. Current Shock is a super deluxe select plus. Thanks in advance. Keep up the great educational work. Yeah, you know, Liam, this kind of reminds me of a bike that we both had a little while back. The Mondraker F-Podium with the shock tune that was a little too harsh. Yeah, the shock tune that came stock on the bike was just too harsh. Yeah. 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 No, nothing you really could do. I actually liked make it, it, but Jared yeah. did not jive with it. I didn't like it on, like, slower speed stuff, you know? Yeah. But, like... It's a bike you definitely had to ride basically at pace for it to yeah. come yeah. alive. Like, if you're, yeah, you're moving um, through Sycamore and going really fast, it was great and, like, super supportive. But if you had, had slow speed tech, it was like you are just getting, like, rocked yeah, off the thing. One thing I would do before buying a new shock is... Get that shock serial number and contact Rock Shocks or a Rock Shocks service center and try to see what tune is on there. Um, that way you don't just buy a new shock and it happens to have a very similar tune, mm. which should make a very similar feeling shock, even though it's yeah, a coil or a vivid. You know, call um, yeah, like, you know, yeah, going to vivid might help a bit. Coil shock, you know, obviously has coil shock characteristics, but... Those tunes make a huge difference, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes bike companies, you know, don't nail it, and you know, sometimes uh, making it a little softer on the tune can make a massive difference. So mm-hmm. I would I would go that route first, see if that's an option, um, and then you know, it's also cheaper. Send it out, probably two hundred bucks, get it retuned, see if that works, and then <laughs> you know, look for a different shock if that still doesn't work. There you go. Yeah. Also, likely not the case because it sounds like an experienced rider asking this question, but make sure your rebound is not just too slow because some people have rebound way too slow and Mm. will just pack up and they're like, this feels so stiff. And it's like, well, it's because you're just sitting way too packed up in the shock and your rebound's way too slow. Good point. I don't know if the Depending on... Yeah. yeah, Also, you know, make sure your compressions are open. Yeah, that too. Um, Exactly. I don't know what select... I can forget what select plus has for adjustments, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, make sure everything's, you know, pretty open and, and you're you're working on that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that rebound note, I opened up my rebound a little more on, I think it was my Lyric, and and I was like, wow, it actually is amazing how much of a difference it makes for speeding yeah. up the rebound a little bit. It yeah. does. Because, um, yeah, I was, I was just worried about, like, you know, speeding it up too much and, like, getting, you know, bounced off of things, but ended up being really nice in between. Yep, it's all about balance there. You can't have it too slow yeah. to where it packs up, and you can't have it too fast to where it feels like you're bouncing around. Yeah, I always try to run mine a touch faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good. Jeff runs his quite a bit faster than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to go towards a little bit faster. It feels good. Doesn't doesn't pack up or anything. Yeah, good to experiment with that stuff yeah. for nice. sure. All right, well, we've got an important message. Announcement. Variation. Very important. Very important.
And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, Jeff again. Quick note that for the month of November, we will shamefully be participating in the crazy consumerism madness that the United States has left upon us, meaning we're having big sales on the Worldwide Cyclery website, the Kettle Mountain website, and the Trail One website. So if you're looking to buy some stuff, now is the absolute best time to do it because we are going deep on the discounts. And maybe we'll do some funny uh, video again where Jared's pooping bike parts like we did last year. That was pretty funny. November blowout. That's all I got. Thank you. And now back to the show. All right. This is a hot topic right here. The best car SUV truck for a serious mountain biker. Considering dirt inside, getting to the trails, and looking cool in the parking lot. Follow up. Best car, truck, SUV, truck, said truck twice, bike, rack, combo. <laughs> Not the best bike rack, but the best combo. <laughs> Take it away, boys. Well, if you want to be a real mountain bike, you need a Tacoma with a tailgate pad, duh. Well, yeah, definitely, duh. This is very... I just think it's personal preference, you know? It is personal, personal preference. preference. What else are you going to use your truck for? You're not going to only use it for driving to the trails. Well, maybe I will know. say having a truck with a tailgate pad is immensely convenient. Yeah. It's the easiest way to toss your bike on the back of a truck. It's way easier than a bike rack. Yep. And you can put five bikes on there, which is really convenient when you're shuttling and like just having a truck is nice. Yeah. Put a kayak in there, snowboards in there, toss a mountain bike on the tailgate, but bam. It is not without its faults. See, you have a truck, you have five people in it, and you're shuttling five bikes. Yeah. What if you're going camping? Where are you going to put all that gear? You might not have space. See, this is where you get a Tent. Land Rover. You get a LR3, LR4. You get a North Shore. Oh, you're rack gonna sleep five people inside your Land Rover? Not mine, but LR3, LR4 <laughs> has a third row, so you can get the North Shore rack that you can put like eight bikes on or six bikes or whatever. You can fit all your homies in there, and you have a full length roof for roof rack, and you have an actual trunk where you can put things in. They're not gonna get stolen like some sort of savage. With your open things well, in your for, truck. For everyone else who has yeah, a normal you're just a budget. Land Rover Kool-Aid yeah. drinker is all you are. Right? <laughs> for anyone else who has a normal budget, maybe, you know, like a SUV. Hey, you can pick a, up a, from a LR3, LR4 for a very reasonable price these days. <laughs> These cars are like 10 years old. What's the cost to own? I want cost a camel trophy. how one. much it costs to yeah, own. It's no. about smiles get, and miles. Baby. Tell you what. Get out of here. Smiles your, and miles. So you, you expect me not to rep my set? Let's go have on a Camel Trophy Land Rover and put a Tesla motor in it. Oh, God. You're trying to make people realize I'm in a grave right now. Well, <laughs> That'd okay. be awesome. You cannot it? take an authentic Camel Trophy Land Rover and put a Tesla engine in it, but you could take any other old Land Rover and put a Tesla engine in it. But a Camel Trophy one, you, that's like, you have to like preserve it in like an airtight. I don't know, man. You know? People or put go take it Hayabusa engines in smart cars. Well, yeah, because there's nothing better to do with it. Nobody <laughs> cares what you do to have this freaking smart Haven't car. Haven't you ever seen Pit My Ride? <laughs> yeah. If you showed up to Pit My have Ride. Have you ever seen a Land Rover on Pit My Ride? No. <laughs> they don't need you showed to up to Land Rover pimp. with an they're old not, truck. Not even, they pimp not even pimp worthy. Now, what I have is a van. Yep. I'm a van guy. Yeah. Very practical. Yep. Can easily throw bikes inside. Can easily throw bikes on the bike rack. I can sleep in it. I have a fridge yeah, in there. Sleeping is nice. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Liam. If I could get a van, I would have one. When was the last time you slept in your a Land, Land Rover? Rover? When the <laughs> my friend. Oh, you got to uh, bleep that out. <laughs> PG-13 and you we blew it. When were in Mammoth for the camping trip last year. And I said Two I was years ago. never going to do it again. No, that was last year. is in 2022. Oh, no. you slept in it then and you didn't like yeah. it? Yeah. Too small? It's too tight, man. Yeah. It's too not small. long enough for you, huh? 
It was kind of and like, it's not perfectly flat. Huh? It has a little. I kind of got rise. it flattened out inside of it, like with the platform, and had stuff underneath. But like, I was like, okay, well, I got to go to the bathroom now. I got to get out of the car and open it. And then Paige's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, yeah, I got to get out of the car to go pee. And then I'm like slamming doors in the middle of the night and like rolling over her, and the bed's all creaky. I'm like, no, you know what? No, not sleeping in the car anymore. I was like. In the middle of the night, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a place in town I can go buy a tent so I don't have to sleep in this damn thing one more time. Wow. <laughs> and you, you know what I was doing? Yeah, you had your big van. You you weren't even in the van. You let James oh, sleep in the van. Yeah. yeah, you were in a tent. <laughs> you were I in a tent on the ground. I'm all about the tent life. Yeah. But usually no. I am in my van. That's the one occasion I give my van yeah. up mm-hmm. to let our HR sleep inside because yeah. she's afraid of bears. Well, that's, so that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I love my vehicle. <laughs> There but, was a massive bear that year because we left out all this pizza. <laughs> there was a huge bear. Everyone had too many frosted beverages and just left out a bunch of pizza on the tables. Huge, and there was a huge bear huge just raiding bear. the campsite and the next morning. Ca- bear country. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're completely uh, off topic on this. You know, yeah. regardless, yeah, the, the right car for you is what, what fits in your budget. Something like that, you know, resonates with you. Like for me, I love Land Rovers. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love. I, like, I personally like to look at my vehicle and go, oh, that thing's cool. Yeah. Right. So... I like the convenience of a truck. Although, and I just don't sleep in it often enough yeah. that I would care to get an SUV or a van. Like and I just I, don't do it. Very I'm always often. transporting bikes so often that having a van is just so nice. Just mm-hmm. to lock it up in there and yeah. be good. Yeah. Although if I was about a week different on my timing, I might have just purchased your Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. True. But yeah, there is no real replacement for being able to have your bike locked in the van. Like, yeah, that is, that is when I used to have a forerunner, I used to just put the bike inside the forerunner and I'd never have to worry about it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it really just whatever, whatever fits with your lifestyle, you know, like if you have a family and you know, you're not just going to get like, like a, you know, silly truck just to take bikes to the childhood. But kind of what I got from all this, we're kind of all on like an SUV, SUV or or van or or truck, truck, but. But that's I'll tell also you what, like what's all between. But you can lock your bike in an SUV. You've got two or three rows, depending on the model. Yeah. You can fold the seats down. You could mm-hmm. probably, if it's big enough SUV, you could probably sleep in it pretty comfortably. Yeah. Good yeah. compromise. Tell you what, though. Uh, Dodge Caravan Cargo Edition. Oh, mm. you're bringing the If you're already happily here. married and probably going to be with that woman <laughs> for the rest of your life and you really don't care about how you look... Uh, Dodge Caravan Cargo Edition. We've got one at our Pennsylvania store wow. that we used to drive mountain bike stone parts go back and forth. No, this one's a cargo edition, oh, so cargo. it's not even stone go. It just literally has like truck bed liner, oh, wow. plastic wow. liner in the whole back. Jeez. So there's only two front seats, and then it's just all plastic Jeez. liner in the back. So it's basically just a van with sliding it's doors? It's just an empty van, yeah, basically, with, wow. with yeah that liner in there. And it's amazing because you can just well, throw multiple bikes in there, lock it up. You could totally sleep in there. You could yeah. also and fit a ton of just stuff get a, in there. Like your old tran- Yeah, Transit Connect Transit. or yeah, Ram, yeah. Ram Pro Master City yeah. for that. Or one of those little Mercedes Metris. Like, yeah. Yeah, those are all great. Um, Whenever we take road trips, which we've, or not like road trips, we're flying to somewhere and drive somewhere. We always rent those Chrysler Voyagers. Yeah. The Stone Voyager. Go Seating. We made a sweet yeah. commercial about we one did. too. And we got, Chrysler you can have three seats us. going and three bikes and Evoc bags yeah. in there and all your luggage. And I can't believe yeah. Chrysler didn't give us a car for that ad. Yeah, we tried to make an ad. Well, if you're watching this on YouTube. Try. We crushed it. Yeah, yeah, we did make an ad. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see the ad. Yeah. Lou Dog note to we'll put that, that ad in we'll key that up we didn't i don't know why we decided we just had so much fun driving a minivan we thought we'd make a 
an yeah. advertisement for it. Well, was that pass I got to rip on that? Ke- Ke- or Kebler. Kebler Pass Kebler in Colorado. Pass. Yeah, when yeah. we drove into Crested yeah. Butte. Yeah. yeah that One of the nice. only times you can like beat the Google estimated time of arrival by 40 minutes. Yeah. Driving like a rally driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I got to say also, if you're not into a SUV truck, I mean, like a Subaru would also probably work pretty well. That I is mean, one of the most popular cars mountain bikers have. Subaru or all wheel uh, drive. You can put a hitch on it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, roof rack. or a Forester. Like I had a Crosstrek. It was just a little bit too small Yeah, for like, if you want to get other people and bikes and stuff, camping gear. You yeah. Know, speaking of limited cargo space. Um, but yeah, Subaru, you get a little roof box on there and a mm-hmm. bike rack. You're good to go, man. Yep. There you go. Even, you could even have a rally car and a bike, you know, I mean, come on. There you go. Yeah. Get WRX, STI. Speaking of, uh, cars, trucks, say, SUVs, topics, how about this, so I how about did this that next on question? Purpose. I did that on purpose. Oh yeah? Yeah. Just trying to slide them into the Just same spot like that? Perfect segue right there. Read it up. All right. Hey guys, I recently blew up the motor in my truck again. I'm thinking of using my aggressive hardtail as a commuter until I can afford another motor or car. What are some good 27.5 inch tire options for commuting and dorking around on the road? Also, are bigger rotors a worthwhile upgrade with lower end brakes? Thanks, Ricky. P.S. Sup, Bean. Ricky. Ricky, Ricky with two, two R's. Ricky with two R's. Two I don't R's know if this question is serious or not, but we'll answer we it. We will address it if, as if it is a serious one. So... 27 and a half inch tire options for commuting and dorking around on the road. Well, do they make a Maxxis hookworm in 27.5? I bet you oh, they do. Don't I had they? a better, a better or, one, but or they the don't make it 27.5. Schwalbe might have a cool 27.5 plus hookworm would be sick. Like if you're, yeah, not, if you're not planning on going on the dirt at all, I mean, a hookworm would be. I was thinking Pretty Holy legendary. Roller, which is Holy like a oh, yeah, race Holy tire, Roller, but they like don't the, make it in a 27.5. Really? Mm. I know they make the hookworm at 2.9. I'm not sure about 27.5. Hmm. I mean, an icon Shop. if you're going on the dirt. What's the, what they do the, make a hookworm in a 27.5. Oh, there you go. Which is basically a slick there yeah, you go. from Maxxis. But it's like, make it in a 27.5. Max's hookworm, mm-hmm. legendary. 27.5 by 2.5. What? So it's a big, fat, slick tire. That is so cool. You could go on the dirt with that thing, too. That's probably, not the mud. Huh? I would toss some of those on there and rip that thing. Wow. It- Until you buy yourself an LR3. <laughs> yes. Or LR4. That's our guy. <laughs> He's a Land Rover convert. Yeah, I mean, that would be super sick, honestly. I've never ridden hookworms, but I've always wanted to. They look so cool. What if I put some hookworms on the El Jefe, huh? What do you think about that? And just used it for commuting? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. I know. It doesn't at all. That's also a 29er. (laughs) You have a lot more tire options. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I could put hookworms on the e-bike page has. Mm. Wouldn't be much. Oh, that sketchy e-bike. Yeah. Yeah. What's the brand of that thing? It's Aventon. Don't ever buy any of those if you're listening to this. That is the, I think we talked about this before, but essentially what your mom bought it, wrote it, crashed it. Broke ribs. Broke ribs and then gave it to you. Yeah. And then we were riding. Did you ride it? (laughs) Yeah. It's treacherous. It just gets massive head wobbles. It's so bad. uh, head tube is so steep that yeah. thing is dangerous to ride yeah. and it's fast Very. which makes it extremely dangerous <laughs> yeah. to ride you know what that reminds me of do you Ooh. remember when we were kids those things called ATCs yeah. oh, it was a three wheeled it was yeah. like a quad with a motor oh, man. but a three wheeler sure. did you ever ride those yeah dude oh, they, would... they banned them they yeah, like they literally them, made them illegal in the United States. Illegal so to dangerous. make, but you could still own them if you had yeah, them. Yeah, you could That's still own them. My buddy's dad had two of them. Make and sell. 
with so Banshee two-stroke motors in them. Yep, I remember seeing one. <laughs> and we would motors. sneak them out into the river bottom, and we would go rip those things. And we got ejected multiple times off yeah, those things. Yeah, so dangerous. So sketch. So, but that's, so what that, fun. that's what Jared's mom's e-bike reminds me of. Yeah, you take your hands off the bars. Dangerous. And it like swaps out. Didn't you determine that it is because there's no, like, rake to the fork? Like, the axle basically yeah. bolts right into yeah. the bottom Yeah, of it. the whole concept of, of, like, understanding and correctly engineering trail off offset and head tube angle yeah. is just out the window on that bike out <laughs> yeah. the window which is why your mom crashed it i don't yeah. blame her whatsoever that thing was 100%. treacherous to ride yeah and which is why you can't ride it no hands and yeah. to make it even more dangerous it has a throttle yeah right yeah, you not, don't even have to pedal it it's, it's like literally has a throttle it's a class two e-bike right not mm-hmm. a class one yep yeah yep so you not can safe. throttle it and i also hack it Jeez. to go over 30 miles an hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway, it's don't for going don't buy one of those no Buyer beware, there's a lot of random, strange brand e-bikes right yeah. now that are not well designed. No. So yeah. if you're buying a commuter one, be careful. Yeah. Well, there's so many. You I feel may like buy it from your mom yeah. for Christmas and she might what? break your ribs. You know a cool exactly. e-bike commuter that I really love? Huh. The Le Monde bikes. Have you guys seen those? No. Le Monde? Like Le Monde Cycling? Yeah. They make an e-bike commuter? They only make e-bikes. Look at it right now. Le Wait, Mans? only e-bikes? It. What do mm-hmm. you mean? That's a. They made a bunch of other bikes. They did, the and they went out of business. Bontrager yeah. bought them, or Greg Lemond, the old yeah. road racer. Oh, this is like the Rad Power type bike. Oh, Lemond. Yeah, Lemond bikes. Lemond. When I was a kid working at uh, a local bike shop, we sold Lemond because yeah, at some I, I point they got by bought by Bontrager, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they have. Oh, it's like a gravel. bike. Look at that thing, dude. <laughs> looks like a yeah. Oh, that looks awesome. It looks pretty sleek. So rad. It's like what? a flat bar commute. Is that that's an e-bike? Yeah. Can't even see that there's a motor in there. Lamond, if you're listening, I would love to test one for you. Six grand, huh? Yeah, they're not cheap. They're it's because it's a that's what yeah, real that's e-bikes nice cost. Bike. Yeah. Yeah. Not two grand from some random website and from you're gonna get squirrely and break Aventon ribs. incorrect <laughs> engineering yeah. crash. Avent- Aventon Aventon Don't get it. Was a fixie brand, I believe. What? And when fixies <laughs> lost their big hype they probably jumped on the e-bike train yeah these are super cool looking bikes you literally can't even see the motor battery or anything yeah um, I've, I've had a lot of uh random friends reach out to me in the last few years that just say hey can you recommend an e-bike i really want to get something and get a little month. and i try and explain to them the price point that they're need gonna they need basically have to spend to get yeah. something of quality and yeah. they're just really upset about it yeah it's like I I'm well, sorry. Like I think, those I think don't, some, do not some, buy an e bike from Amazon for fifteen hundred bucks. I think like a horrible. common saw or canyon or someone has a pretty affordable like full suspension and even a hardtail e bike. Yeah. That's probably where I'd go. Yeah. If you um, go over, like, yeah, big brand, you're probably okay. Um, but yeah, like even that like Rad Power company, they're in like a couple of huge lawsuits because people yeah, died riding lawsuits. those. Like, yeah. I mean, geez. Well, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going the, on with e bikes. Batteries the, blowing yeah. up. The consumer uh, consumer product safety commission trying to get uh, like all these e bike brands to have UL standard electric chargers yes, so light on that. fire. That there was a bike shop in the news that lit on fire because Multiple. they were charging an e bike overnight. A couple of them are new, in New York. New York's yeah. passing some actual laws yeah. with it about it. They're so. having a bunch and of now bike, bike shops are being dropped by their insurance providers, their liability insurance for their shop because really? of e bikes being in there. Wow. wow. Yeah, but the insurance company, of course, isn't disclosing specifically that's what it dropped them for. But that's obviously. The, Whoa. the consensus jeez shenanigans yeah i mean i've seen videos of the e-bike batteries like exploding on the chargers and it's like wow 
do not yeah the reason number two do not buy a cheap chinese e-bike off amazon yeah you do not want your house to burn down because of it yeah yeah you gotta go you gotta go bougie when it comes to e-bikes yeah can't go cheap well that was quite the tangent and mm-hmm. uh to answer the second part of the question yes bigger odors are worthwhile upgrade for <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> completely forgot what question we were even yes, answering yes they are worthwhile how about the next question Okay, I see some SRAM chains that specify Axis in the product title. Is that really a thing, or are we good with using a non-Axis tagged chain on an Axis derailleur? Also, can anyone actually spell derailleur without autocorrect? <laughs> yes, I can, but only because... No way. We've been spelling I can. Yes. I can. D-E-R-A-I-L-U-R. Um, I have because it's taken me a long time, probably. I've worked <laughs> you can't even spell years? trail or trial correctly. <laughs> I can spell them both. I just type too fast. <laughs> this isn't the Liam Roast podcast. All you have to do <laughs> is pronounce it like how it's supposed to be pronounced. Derailleur. 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 It's a derailleur. But and it did probably never take spell me. spell it wrong ever again. Oh, like the British way. They just called it a mech. A yeah. Mech. Oh, you got your rear mech, mate. It's a mech. Your rear mech. Oh, your mech is trashed. Uh, it, it probably took me two or three years of working customer service to be able to spell it correctly. All right. Well, let's answer this guy's question about the access chains. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you don't. Only T-Type. If you have T-Type, yeah. you should get T-Type chain. T-Type has a specific or, or transmission is yeah. what it's actually called. I think what they did um, when this happened was this like- It's called T-Type 2. Why did they do that? T-Type know. and transmission? Why didn't they just pick one? SEO. <laughs> it's an SEO nightmare. It is an SEO <laughs> nightmare. So, right? Um, no. So they have- 12-speed Eagle chains, which work across everything. You could run an NX chain, 12-speed on XX1, or XX1 chain on NX, and anything in between. Axis just specifies the colored chains that they came out with later. Yeah. yeah. So I think the the rainbow mm-hmm. is called Axis. Maybe only rainbow, actually. Yeah, when I was looking at the site earlier, that's what it said. Only rainbow? Because, yeah, because remember they had, like, Eagle Axis cassette, but it was, like, just the colors they came out with when yeah, they came out in yeah, Axis. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, do I need this if I have Axis? Like, no! Yeah, yeah. all that Eagle stuff's compatible with itself aside from yeah. transmission, transmission T-type, which T-type, you whatever. do need a transmission or a T-type yeah, chain. That stuff's all yeah. specific. And those are a little expensive. So. Ram just had to go and confuse everybody. Yeah, what was funny is I think that original, at least from what I remember, some of the original sales copy when they put AXS, they're like access and it's all cross compatible. It's all accessible from yeah. different things. You can use XX1, it's XO1, the, and GX and it's all mismatches. Eagle family. Oh. Yeah. And then they're like, the oh, and here's T-Type oh, yes. and none of it's compatible with yeah. all the old stuff. <laughs> it's but gone. T-Type's <laughs> compatible across all T-Type. Yes. So GX to X, XSL yeah, is still Which all is compatible cool. and makes a match. Yeah. Yes. Speaking um, of drivetrains... Why in the world are bikes still coming with 175 millimeter and 170 millimeter cranks? Well, I think 170s are still relevant. I think 175s are uh, for 80 to 90% of people trash. Yeah. I guess it depends Um, on the bike, but yeah, there is a lot of trail bikes that are trail and enduro bikes that are still coming with crank lengths that just don't really make any sense. 175 doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 175 is old school. Yeah, um, I haven't ridden 175 cranks in 10 years. I never have in my life. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it yeah. simply because that there's still the product out there and we're transitioning away to a shorter crank length well, and that they just need to use these cranks? And it can also be bad spec managers. I know one company rode 175s up until like two or three years ago. 
because the owner of the company overruled all the spec decisions. Yeah. Oh. These ones are better. So Wow. Yeah. And then there's 100 employees telling them otherwise. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of uh, customers consumers, customers that yeah. buy a bike and sell the crank set. So hmm. 170s, I think, are okay. I think it's a good starting point. Yeah. But I do think if you're riding a proper enduro bike, you basically should be on 165s, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, I mean, just the way that geos evolved and bikes are so low yeah. nowadays. And if you're pedaling an enduro yeah. bike up techie trails and it's sitting that low, like you kind of have to have 165. And it's been kind Otherwise, of, you're just going to whack your pedals. Yeah, everywhere. it's been kind of proven that, you know, 170s to 165s, so you don't really get any less efficient, but you can actually spend better circles. And it's more relevant on like an XC or road bike, but your hip flexes are more open. Therefore, you can put out more power. Hmm. So, yeah, you know. It's just it's just different things. If if you're really concerned about figuring out power and watts and Q factor and all that stuff, then you're probably on the cross country slash roadside, and you might be a little bit more concerned with figuring out the exact right crank length for you and your situation. Yeah. But if you are not doing that and you just want your pedals to not smash into the ground and you're riding a you know 130 mil bike or longer travel, then yeah, just go 170 or 165. Yeah. Yep. Think so. I think so. Yeah. All right. Hey. Hey. Why'd you yeah. just yell that? Because that's an exclamation point. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. Go ahead, Lynn. I was wondering if you could cover your go-to chain sizing method and other methods of choice out there. I don't know what other methods of choice means. Uh, for all bike types, small, small, big, big, are you following manufacturer's instruction, instruction solely? Thanks. Love the podcast. Um, up until transmission, I pretty much didn't necessarily listen to the manufacturer's installation instructions and I always went through the well this is I guess according to a mountain bike with a f- single front chain ring because I haven't set a up one a, two, by a one by I haven't set up a two by system in decades probably yeah, at I least a decade ages ago um, so for one by I go through the rear derailleur as if it was routed correctly make sure you don't uh, go over the tab so it rubs on your rear derailleur. Which happens with a lot of Shimano derailleurs because it makes yep. no sense where it is. Um, I go over the cassette and I go around the chain ring and then I come to the bottom and I basically make sure that there's just enough tension on the derailleur so it's, it actually has some tension in that smallest uh, cog and then I cut the chain. So, And then by that point, you know, you can get up to your uh, small, 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 doesn't but, really mean yeah. small, small because the front's just yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But for most all systems, you can shift into your largest cog or your first gear, whatever you want to call it, your easiest gear, um, and still have some movement for the suspension to move in that situation with current modern drive chains from like 11 speed on up. They have enough chain wrap and they've been designed around that. So. But then came along T-Type, and it's a lot more specific how you got to cut that chain. It's very, very specific. And, and you, you really need, need to follow to, the directions. Basically, you just need to look up your bike model on the SRAM's da- uh, database, mm-hmm. and it'll tell you exactly how many links to cut your chain to. Mm-hmm. So you actually don't have to guess. You just have to look it up and follow instructions. It's true. Yeah. But so, what if your bike is not in the database? I think every every bike with a UDH is on the database, unless you have like a small. What about Nico's Frameworks? Bike? Yeah, exactly. A small, <laughs> handmade Man. bike, um, a bespoke bike. But then you put in. I think you put in your suspension type, high pivot, normal, 
uh, your chain length, your chain stay length, uh-huh. um, and your front chain ring size, and it basically spits it out for you. There you go. Sounds you like that one, Jeff. Yeah. Pretty All right. Good. There you go. Hopefully that works. Wow. Uh-huh. Wraps uh-huh. that one up, huh? Next question. When I was a kid in the late '80s, early '90s, getting into trail riding and mountain biking in central Pennsylvania, a bunch of people were riding with bar ends that extended forward, with the presumable purpose of offering a different grip on the bars when climbing obviously nobody does that anymore why not and what happened what other mtb innovations have come and gone or what are we doing now that may go the way of the dodo p.s i'm a huge fan of liam but feel the need to note that pet rocks seem to have gone the way of the dodo no (laughs) offense to king lentil intended is that why the rock i put on the table (laughs) no it's a coincidence no Unless what you it, saw that and put it on the table. No, I don't know what the way of the dodo means, though, so his insult went right over my head. The way of the dodo basically means that uh, it's extinct, doesn't happen anymore, like like bar To go ends. the way of the dodo oh. means that yeah, something yeah. is destined to go out of existence. Your bar ends went in the way of the dodo. <laughs> yeah, they did. Well, <laughs> that's what he said. Yes. Um, so why did they go the way of the dodo? And I what think, other innovations have come and gone, or what are we doing now that will do that? I think mountain bike... Uh, geometry and position has changed a lot. When you're running bar ends, you're also running like 650 mil bars and 100 mil stems. True. Um, and you needed the leverage to get far out there to crank uphill. Yeah, the geo was so um, messed up. Yeah. Like you're basically riding so different. road bikes off road. So yeah. you needed that leverage. Um, as bikes got longer, slacker, stems got shorter, and bars got wider, you got the leverage you needed from those bar ends. Um, and quite honestly, they're, they're dangerous. You get hooked on stuff. <laughs> yeah, they like, hooked to- on, they're totally dangerous. Hooked yeah. on trees and Like they're dangerous and, and they're just not necessary the way yeah. that the bike geometry um, evolved. You'll see some mountain bike marathon races, like cross-country races, or people at Leadville will put those on the inside of the grips now. What do they call them? The togs. togs. I just brought it up. It's called uh, togs. That's, yeah, Literally that's, togs.com. Togs. Yeah, yeah that's, you had those, don't you, Liam? I did, did yeah. Those ones? I, yeah, I tried I, them once. I think James and some of his friends yeah. ride those things out. I didn't really enjoy them because I actually like to rest my hands kind of over the top of that yeah, um, and not like leverage that. But uh, no, they'll use the actual old school ones, like the two or three inch ones. Oh, wow. Film on the inside of the grips. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. And use them as like mini extensions almost. Mm, wow. But on the inside, not on the outside. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, because I've seen but, like some ergon grips that you could still get those crazy. Yeah, ergon grips yeah, have barns. some models that still have the sort of bar and funky, funky looking things. Yeah, yeah. Just think the way geometry's gone and bars got wider, stems got shorter. You didn't really need that leverage that was provided. Yeah, wow. To be honest, I didn't really ride mountain bikes when those were in. in yeah, so honestly, yeah, me neither. I mean, I mean, yeah, those, those, those started those fading out, and I don't know, late nineties maybe. Yeah, nineties, yeah. maybe yeah. early two thousands. I've ever seen them. Yeah. yeah, when I was a kid. There you go. I, I mean, it is nice, too. Like, just, just for clarity, though, I, I move my hands around a lot. Like, if I'm yeah, climbing totally. or something or, like, big, long days, I don't always have my hands in the normal riding position. I'll, like, no. put them on the end like this or I'll, like, hang them over the front or I, I like to drape them just over nice. the, Cause the brake levers, basically. I get some forearm pain, too, if I ride super mm-hmm. long time without, mm-hmm. like, climbing and twisting my wrist in a, yep. like, vertical fashion. Hmm. So... What do we think that might go the way of the dodo now? With bikes? Yeah. 175 mil cranks on mountain bikes. <laughs> like yeah, those, those should be the way of the dodo already. Yeah. Uh, super boost? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, less less standards like that. I don't know. Or like 
the difference between 20 by 110 boost and 20 by 110 regular. Oh, like, that's, why that's, is that's, that's, that's pretty niche. What yeah. is happening with Super Boost? There's been a lot of new frames that just aren't, co- is not coming with Super Boost. Yeah, for what I know, boosts. it's like Salsa, Pivot, and Evil, I think, use Super Boost. Yeah. Stupid Boost. Remember, what, remember when I was trying to convince you to go on change.org and start a petition? <laughs> yeah. Start a petition, and, and then you're like, well, I don't know, uh, man. It says it needs to be like a serious, like political or societal thing. And it like, is oh, serious. Well, Stupid I guess this is the I way guess this is, I guess we're not actually that serious that. about this. Yeah. yeah. Like, looked uh, into this, like all these warnings, terms, and conditions, and they're like, oh, yeah, we probably shouldn't uh, be like making using this as a joke. <laughs> Apparently, change.org is for real things, not, <laughs> not, not people to make jokes about Stupid Boost and Super Boost. Oh, man. Last, right. question. Last question. Well, we don't have time for it. You're going to have to rip these notes from the past. Okay, notes from oh. those past. Well, since I'm listening to your most recent one and apparently want emails about your podcast, here you go. I have tried <laughs> listening to other bike podcasts and honestly cannot get in- into them. Like the pink bike one is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I actually look forward to your podcast all the time. I genuinely can't think of anything I would change. I wouldn't be upset if you talked about single speeding once or twice, though. It's because of your podcast that I try to buy from you guys when I can afford to. I'm currently rocking kettle shorts when I ride, not the newest bike-specific ones, which I hope to get soon. The kettle stuff is really nice. One day I'll have some more. Anyways, great podcast. Have a peachy day. Tyson. Thank you, Tyson. We really Thanks, appreciate Tyson. that. I just read a testimonial. I thought these were notes from the past. Yeah. That was a note. It was a testimonial. But, but it wasn't a note from past episode, like correcting us or, or, or adding into a question that we asked. No, not necessarily, but it is relating to the last episode, and that's why I put it there. And you know what? Can a guy brag a little yeah. bit? Yeah, that's We got true. a great podcast, true. and he and said we're better than Pink Bike, and it was dreadful. It is the most think, highly reviewed mountain bike podcast in the world. I think single speeds are cool. not much competition, but that is true. <laughs> yeah. I think I think single speeds are cool, and a boy who rides for Revel Gordon just won single speed world championships oh, yeah. in wow. Spain. Wow. Pretty sick. On sick. the bike. Uh, El Jefe? No. Yeah, El Jefe. That's what I'm talking nice. about. Um, single speeds are sweet. And if I was tougher and or had flatter terrain, I would love to ride single speed, but I'm wussy and we have really steep hills around here. It's but true. if you got that chain ring tattoo with the ratio on the back of your calf, <laughs> then you could do it. <laughs> My calves are all tattooed up in a room. So. All right, that's it. That's all for this episode. If you've made it that far, this far, thank you very much. We genuinely appreciate it. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it really helps us out. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>